Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 65 of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know by now. And I'm joined as ever by Rich Kid, formerly known as the Rustling Kid. Rich Kid, say what's up. Episode 65. We are old codgers. We're, yeah, allowed, to, we're allowed to retire now. Do you know that? <laughs> Listen, I, I want my retirement fund before I retire <laughs> anywhere from podcasting, bro. I want myself a little nest egg. I want some money. Because <laughs> 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 I ain't getting paid from this. Yeah, so I want some yeah. money, y'all. <laughs> How's everybody doing? We hope everybody is all good. Um, thank you for being patient with us as we've had quite a few gaps between episodes recently. Um, as you probably know from the, the last couple of podcasts, I've uh, just been gifted a, a son um, and he's doing great, but he's getting used to life outside the womb and still adjusting. And, you know, that means there's a lot of adjusting required for me. And, and, you know, Rich is a very busy man as well these days. So it takes a little time to, to kind of corral the, the posse myself and Rich together and, and, and to get these things done, but we managed to do it tonight. We're here. Um, and we're ready to chat to you. We've got loads of things to talk to you about as it's been a while since we last recorded. So we're going to get through um, as many of these things as we can. But first off, as always, um, Rich, I'll ask you what you've been up to since we last spoke. Been doing anything cool? Um, I've been kind of lax, to be honest. I've just been super busy at work. Um, for the listeners that don't know, me and Jason actually work in the same place. So he's basically, off, you know, been off for paternity and um, work for me has just been chocolate block. I mean, you came back to work on Monday, Jay. I know you were loving it. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, so, I was yeah. very happy. Very, very happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it, it, to be honest, it's just been the usual. So it's just been, uh, you know, catching up with TV shows. Uh, I've kind of cut down on the comic books for the last month or so. And, uh, and just, you know, just cracking on with the computer games a little bit. Um, I think I'm the only person who actually hasn't seen Captain Marvel. So before you ask, or if anybody else out there is thinking, because they know I'm a Captain Marvel fan, that's actually one of the reasons why I wasn't on the last podcast as well. It's just because I haven't seen it. I'm going to try and see it this week. Um, it, well, I am going to try and see it. No, sorry. Let me, let me speak it into existence, into the, into the known universe. I am going to see it before Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. So that's what's coming up. Um, the last thing I did do that was of a, if that was of any interest, which I was actually quite surprised, was um, the TV show Hannah, which was a, an Amazon Prime original, which is like a TV show based on the film which came out quite a few years ago, mm. starring Eric Banner and Kate Blanchett and the Irish girl whose name I can, whose first name I can never pronounce. Swallowing. No, it's it's very tricky to pronounce that. I, it, it's that kind of Celtic name. It, it's it's Sharice or something like yeah, that. I think yeah, Sharice Ronan. But I, I'm that's probably not even the correct pronunciation. So any Irish listeners who who know how to pronounce that properly and, and want to let us know, please do, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please let us know and send us a bottle of proper twelve whiskey from Conor McGregor as well. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. He, he, Wait, is he outside a bar still? Because I know he he was in court the other day. Listen, that guy's in court for fun, but he's been, <laughs> he's he's got money that he's just he's he it looks like he's just walking in and then doing that money walk out. Like mm. you know, I, I think he's a prime example of you know 
any exposure is good exposure. Um, I'm I'm sure somewhere he's still making money even when he's pissing people off. Mm. Uh, yeah, but um, but that that's the you know that, those aren't the topics that really top on them um, that really touch upon. So um, Conor McGregor can uh, he can kind of go about his business. Um, but yeah, Suarez Ronan. But but yeah, the, the TV show is is based on the film, and it actually really was interesting. Um, it managed to elaborate a lot more on what was only hinted at in the film. I remember seeing the trailer for the film quite a few years ago and then seeing it and mm. going, well, you know, you kind of promised me this and I didn't get that. Whereas like over the course of, you know, a series, whether it be, you know, six episodes or 12 episodes, it gives them the option to, uh, you know, to just stretch things out and give a lot more meat to the bone, so to speak. Mm. And, I, and I was genuinely surprised. And I have to say that we're, what, four months in to the into the year and, uh, and coming up, I mean, usually at the end of the year, we we do like our roundup of, you know, best films, best actors, whatever, you know, our version of the Oscars. But as it stands right now, Joe Kinnaman is an actor that is really, really starting to, uh, I'm really starting to appreciate his work. The last few things that I've seen him in, I'm actually really, really, I've really enjoyed him in it. So that's one thing that I can say. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I'll, I'll have to check um, that out because I remember seeing Hannah, the, the, the movie. And... Yeah. And thinking it was okay, but again, like you, it kind of didn't feel. It, it felt very um, lightweight and short in the storytelling department. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like maybe with it actually being a series, they've been able to kind of pad it out more and, and tell the story better, which which is is not unusual. I mean, look at um, Dear White People. Yeah, the, the movie Dear White People, I thought was was okay, but. Yeah, the actual the TV series I enjoyed a lot more because yeah. it, you know they were able to actually expand on the characters a bit more because you've got more time to tell your story. You can actually go into a bit more detail mm. and explain why characters have done certain things the way they've done it. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. I, I tell you what else I did watch. Um, and this this was uh, I mean this is at the forefront just because I watched it, if not yesterday then the day before. But um, Guava. Is it Guava Island? Oh, yeah, yeah, Guava Island, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Guava Island. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Okay. it uh, it's, you know, Donald Glover and, oh, mm. some people call him Childish Gambino, but in this, they just call him Donald Glover because that's his acting name. And, uh, and what's the name? And Rihanna. Like, my Lord, I'm not even trying to focus on this, but Rihanna is one of the most beautiful women in the whole entire world. And she seems to be able to act. Um... And it's it's just a it's a it, it was quite an entertaining movie. It reminded me of those Jason. Remember, we um there was that Caribbean guy that used to go around South London and tell like folk tales or African Caribbean folk tales. Um, come to your school, and he's it's, it's him that he told the story of them of Hossieback. Oh yeah 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 I know you're talking about you know but I can't remember his name yeah yeah but 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 he, he but he but I remember years ago when we first met. You mm. said he came to a primary school, right? Or he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Yeah, I, his name completely escapes me now. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, but he he came to my primary school as well. And so basically, listeners, what it was is that, I mean, this is going on nearly thirty years ago. There was a this African or Caribbean guy who used to go around schools and just tell um, folk tales from different cultures, but mainly you know African and Caribbean. You know, j just you know, just to educate people that is not just Peter Rabbit and Winnie the Pooh and, and, and Paddington Bear that's around. But basically, Guava Island, the way how it's told, 
plays like a modern day, you know, folktale. I mean, it can be quite violent at some points and quite adults, but it, it's really, really interesting. And, and it's, it's, it's visually a beautiful film. And once again, I mean, not that I'm trying to say that one thing is better than the other, but just like when I watch Black Panther, I'm watching Guava Island and I'm seeing black people, but different types of black people. I'm seeing light and seeing dark, you know, I'm seeing black, black, I'm seeing brown. Mm. I'm, yeah, it, it was, it's a really, really nice film. And I think anybody who's a fan of either of those two or just wants to watch something that's entertaining and beautiful to look at, definitely give it a go. Mm. Yeah, no doubt, listeners. Make sure you go and check that out. I mean, that's definitely on my list as well. So I, I do need to check that out because it did flash up on my um, recommendations the other day on Netflix. And I thought, oh, that's interesting, um, especially as it's got Donald Glover and, and Rihanna in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I have heard that, like people who've, who've seen it have said a lot of the same things you said about the 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 kind of feeling like it's a modern day folktale and things like that. And that kind of stuff like will always appeal to me. So yeah, that's definitely something that that will be on my list to to check out, man. Um, well, I've been all good. I've been, um, as said, busy with fatherhood, but I have had some opportunity to do um, a bit of movie watching. Um, I've been able to go out and see a couple of movies, which I'll talk to you all briefly about. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get around to doing the usual, is it worth a tenner review for these? So apologies. Um, but I think I can sum up my thoughts in like two or three minutes on these anyway. So the, the first movie I went to go and see was Shazam. Um, which is the latest uh, offering from DC and um, from Warner Brothers. Um, Shazam, I thought, was a, a really fun movie. Um, it was really enjoyable to kind of watch it as, as an experience. Um, it was so nice to have a, a, a DC movie that had charm to it as well, um, which is something, you know, that me and Richard talked about constantly in the past on, on other episodes about how charmless you know a lot of DC movies were at the time um as they all seem to be following the same pattern but but certainly with Aquaman and now with Shazam you can see they're clearly trying to break the mold and, and go in a different direction and um you know I've always argued that there's room for everything you know DC can have its dark stuff but it can also have things that are light-hearted and and things that you know appeal to the child in us um and that's what you know Shazam does very well it, it appeals to the child in you um it's also got a very great kind of classic um golden age comic book feel to the the, the movie as well um partly oh. because of the characters power sets and things like that um and the way that the story is told it, it just kind of has that that kind of classic saturday afternoon movie that you would watch with your mum you know like a, a goonies or something like that yeah um you know and it, it has that kind of feel to it in terms of the way that the story is told and, and the characters presented and stuff um so yeah shazam was was really really good i mean shazam was never a comic book character that i knew that much about rich i know you know the the character a bit kind of better and i know you haven't seen the movie shazam but yeah um you know from like a a comic book perspective um what you know what is kind of the the background of shazam like where did where do you know the, the shazam power set come from and, and and how does it kind of fit into the wider dc universe i mean we, we, I mean, you can break it down into into two parts. So you've got the whole character of Shazam and how he was the original Captain Marvel, 
and he was also actually at one point the most popular comic book character even outselling outselling at ranking superman in sales um so so you've got that bit of history and then obviously you've got like the character that to be honest you know who he is he is the male version of captain marvel without the whole thing of like you know the captain marvel name mm. but he's a popular character and he has a particular moniker but it feels like they don't know what to do with him he's somebody that keeps that's been rebooted so many times or had series cancelled and then restarted again because they want to make him relevant and this is the same issue that they've had with with carol danvers over in marvel whether she's had good runs or not i don't know if you've noticed but they seem to keep on just like cancelling her series and then restarting it again mm. but, but with captain marvel who's now known as shazam just due to copyright license he's basically the 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 world's mightiest mightiest mortal and he's a 13 year old boy called billy batson who has the power to transform into the earth's mightiest mortal uh called well now shazam and shazam gains his power from shazam and shazam is a one of the main wizards of the dc universe who lives on a rock of eternity and what he's able to do is able to draw particular powers from particular gods i this is whenever we have any form of like trivia i i can never get all of these right but each letter of the word shazam which when billy batson shouts strikes him with a magical lightning bolt and transforms him into a superhuman adult each letter gives him a power from a particular god so i think s stands for the strength of hercules and h stands for something else <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say hercules yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> s stands for the strength of hercules h stands for hercules <laughs> a stands for a stands for hercules <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um yeah. and i mean he's, he's had some really good runs i mean the thing about him is that you, you can write really interesting stories because essentially he is is a kid who then becomes a superhero you can tell countless stories about that mm. i mean and, and and i think that's one of the reasons why when he originally did come out he did outsell superman is because it's something that you're able to you know they're able to latch onto especially as a kid and jason where you've spoken about the film you said that it's got a very very like nice charm and the type of thing that you'd watch on like a sunday afternoon you know with, with your parents and you know that goonies feel where you're a kid and everything's which may actually be big around you because you're that age seems even bigger than that. Mm. And, um, and I think that's one of the things that kept the character of Shazam has always stayed true to. So uh, that's one of the things that's made me kind of like a bit peed off that I haven't seen the film yet, because if they've, if they're able to knuckle down and get that right, then they've definitely, they're definitely onto a winner, which is from what I've heard is what they've actually done. But the comic book, I mean, like I said, is, is definitely an interesting read. The last reboot that I have kind of skimmed through, I wasn't the biggest fan of because I think that they've made him a bit dark. Mm. Um, but that's something else we can talk about another time if need be. Cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think you will enjoy the movie, actually, because it does touch upon a lot of... You know the, the the elements of the movie that I like the most were the the kind of things that you talked about the idea of um, a kid who has these powers and what would a kid do if he has these powers and it plays out in a way that to me you know made perfect sense. Um, it, it doesn't you know the, the, and this is not a spoiler, folks, but 
um, you know, when, when Billy Batson first gets the powers, it's not like the first thing he does is like, right, let me go and save some people. He doesn't like he does what you would expect a 13 year old to do if he suddenly had superhuman powers. Um, you know, and, and that's where kind of the fun in, in the story is. And also where a lot of the heart of the story is um, in this Billy Batson is an orphan and um, he goes to live with like a foster family in, in the big house um, who've got like four other foster kids in there as well, who've all got their own kind of quirks of, of personality, which are really well played out in the movie. Um, and it's, you know, interesting seeing Billy kind of be this, this outsider who doesn't feel like he fits in with his family and, um, you know, the family obviously try and, and integrate him as much as they can. Um, but he's, you know, determined to try and find his mother who, um, he, he was separated from, um, as a child. And, you know, it, the, the movie really does a, a great job of kind of, as said, capturing that, that side of, of the character that you described from the comics. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's definitely fun to watch. Plus Mark Strong's in it he, and he's always watchable whatever he does and he's great. Um, you know, the visual effects are actually really good as well. Um, I thought the visual effects were really impressive. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just really refreshing and, and, and fun. You know, we keep, we keep saying this now about DC movies where we're using the F word and like, and it's not fuck, it's fun, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it seems like maybe they've learned their lesson finally and they're starting to, you know, to listen to the audience a bit and, and deliver things that, that people can actually, you know, enjoy cinema experiences that they can enjoy. So yeah, two thumbs up for Shazam. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I also checked out uh, Pet Cemetery as well. Um, I won't spend too long on this one because I, I, I'm hoping, Rich, we can kind of have a, a horror podcast in, in the future with um, me, you, and Jed, where we can kind of break down um, some of the more recent horror movies like this and Us. I know you've seen Us. I still haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. seen Us. Listeners, I've seen Us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I still haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping to try and get that that done this weekend. Hopefully, touch wood. Um, I'll get some time and I'll, and I'll go and check that out. Um, so yeah, I said we're, we're hoping to kind of get a, a horror podcast going in a couple of weeks. Um, so I won't go too deep into to Pet Cemetery. Suffice to say that overall, um, it was fine, but there's a lot of changes made. Um, if you're somebody who's familiar with Stephen King's original book, or even if you're familiar with the movie from the 80s, um, there's a lot of things that have been changed. Also, um, the complaints about the trailer and the trailer spoiling certain things are spot on. It, it did spoil a lot of things, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure who's cutting trailers these days, but like the people who seem to do it just... Because it seems to me like a lot of movie trailers these days, and we're going to get into our trailer chat in a minute, listeners, so that's why I'm going down this road. But it seems to me, Rich, a lot that, that a lot of these trailers nowadays like spoil things. Like Unless you're talking about, like, you know, Avengers Endgame has, has done a really good job of kind of keeping the cards close to the chest. Um, and, you know, I can think of a few other movies as well, though the, the, the names escape me at the moment, where I've seen trailers where I thought, okay, there's enough there to keep me intrigued without... Mm you know, kind of going too deep into to what the film's about. But a lot of other traders, they just seem to be kind of really trying to 
basically tell you the whole arc of the movie in the trailer, which, yeah, which yeah. is weird. I don't I don't know when this started, but it, it's just such an odd thing to to see. Um, I don't know if that's something you've noticed as well. Yeah, no, I've definitely noticed that. I mean, to be honest, I think the only films off the top of my head that don't do that anymore. Um, wow. Like, no, facts. Fuck it. Like, I was gonna, cause I was gonna say if it's if I could credit it to any one particular type of genre or film, but no, because I I just think that maybe people cutting trailers who are just giving away everything, maybe they don't one hundred percent believe in what they've got. Is, mm. is is that could that be a thing? Because let's put it this way: I mean, you look at Avengers Endgame, and Avengers Endgame is like you know it's part of a franchise, so give or take. They know people are gonna come and see it, so technically they could they could put everything in the trailer anyway, but yet they choose not to. You look at a film like Us, which has a couple of spoilers, uh, well, a couple of twists, um, and and Get Out, which came out before, and you watch the trailer for that, and it's cut pretty well. Mm. So some of these trailers that we have seen, maybe we need to sit down and think about: is you know does do the studio believe that it's something that will sell? if you know if they don't show everything in the trailer mm. because it because that's the only thing i can think of because like i said that's like releasing a, you know like i said releasing endgame or releasing infinity war and then showing in the trailer that thanos kills everybody mm. it, it, it wouldn't make sense so there's obviously somebody out there either not doing their job properly or someone's going yeah okay we need to get more bums in the seats even if they fucking know what's going to happen so i, I don't know yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. But I mean, yeah, Pet Cemetery is a, a movie. Um, again, I said, listeners, I won't go into like spoilers or anything like that. Um, I thought it was pretty effective as, as a horror movie, although it, it kind of, um, for what it, it makes up, you know, for what it does well with atmosphere and with tension, it kind of then undoes with with its pacing and there's a lot of exposition in it as well which is something that's starting to really annoy me um it's not something that used to annoy me that much before but it, it's kind of standing out to me now when you literally just get a character explaining to you this is what's going to happen this is this part this is that part mm. and then this is going to come and then it then then exactly that follows on and you're just kind of like oh like could you not think of a you know a cleverer way to to kind of get over that. And I mean, exposition, you have to have exposition when you're telling the story. It's its impossible to write a story and not have some type of exposition because you need the audience to understand where you as a writer are coming from and what you're trying to say and what it is you want, you know, these characters to, to say. So you kind of have to have it, but it's, you know, it's a catch-22. It's a tightrope that you're walking between kind of getting it right um, by keeping it, you know, as minimal as possible, but still giving the audience enough information so they understand where they're going. And then just having, you know, large chunks of dialogue where people are just explaining what's going to happen next. <laughs> um, and yeah, Pet Cemetery at times, unfortunately, falls in, into the latter and, and does that quite a bit, which I found a bit annoying. Um, so all in all, as I said, it's, it's, you know, it's a decent watch. It's, it's certainly better than the 1980s movie, um, which I also rewatched recently. Good God, that film is terrible. <laughs> it really is bad. Who's, who's um, the original again? 
Um, right. I can't remember the lead actor's name, but he's like some bland American TV actor. I've, I've forgotten his name. It completely escapes me. Holy but Denise crap. Crosby is in it. Del Midkiff. Uh, yes, yes, that's him. Yeah, <laughs> he was Dr. Damien Lambert in Time Tracks. I used to love yes. him. So. <laughs> My God, he's terrible in Pet Cemetery. I don't know if how long ago you you watched yeah, that I film. Years ago, years ago. Yeah, he's awful in it, bro. If you watch it today, you'll be like, "What? How? How did he get the job?" Mm. <laughs> um, but Denise Crosby's in it from Star Trek: Next Generation, and she's oh, yeah? brilliant. Yeah. Um, and um, Herman Munster, I forgot his name. Oh, the the that what the one from the Excellent. original um, or the, or the, or the original the Herman Munster, yeah. Um, okay. what, I, I can't remember his name. His name was Herman, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Herman Munster, that's his name. <laughs> Herman Munster is Herman Munster. <laughs> uh, is Fred something? I think his real name is. I, I, I can't remember what it is now, but but um, yeah, it, it, like I, I mean, this remake is a lot better than that movie for sure. Um, but. I think considering, you know, how well done I thought it was um, and how well they kind of took the things from the original that worked and left behind the things that didn't work and gave it a modern spin and and, and the movie still felt fresh. Mm. With this one, it doesn't feel like they've quite done that. Um, and they've kind of left it open for sequels, but in an odd way, because the movie ends in a really odd way. As I said, when when we get Jed on, we'll, we'll have like a, a spoilers chat with it and I'll go into detail. But um, yeah, yeah, the Pet Cemetery didn't quite hit the spots for me. It's fine, but, you know, it's not really anything to shout about, to be honest. But let's move on from that. As I said, um, I, I did want to get into trailer chat. Um, that's why I was kind of mentioning trailers and stuff, because we do have a couple of trailers that we've been able to check out recently. So we'll give you our thoughts on those. Um, so we'll start off with the trailer for The Lion King. Um, there was a, a Disney recently released a, a full length version trailer for the movie, um, which is due out this summer. Um, I liked the look of the trailer visually. Um, I have a few misgivings about maybe the way that they're going with the story. It, it kind of feels a little bit like maybe they're doing a, a shot for shot remake. Yeah. Um, which is going to bother me. I, I mean, I still have like a lot of faith in John Favreau who's, who's directing this. So, um, and you know, I quite enjoyed the jungle book, even though I know some people didn't really in, enjoy his take on it. Um, but I feel like this might be just a, a, a straightforward, a straight up kind of rip from the animation and just done in live action with, with CGI basically from the way that the, the trailer is, is pitched. But, but aside from that, I mean, if it's got the musical numbers in it, you know, um, if it's got the circle of life speech, which it does according to the trailer, um, then that's probably going to be enough for me to, to get something out of it. Um, a lot of people online were complaining about um, Chiwetel Ejiofor's um, scar and saying that he didn't feel, they didn't feel like he carried the same gravitas as, um, oh God, what's his name now? The English actor? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, that's mm. it. Um, yeah, people were saying, you know, they didn't feel that he carries the same gravitas. I kind of feel this a bit unfair because I think it's, I mean, it's par for the course that people are going to compare, you know, the animated movie to this one. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, Edge of Four is a, is a good actor. 
Um, and I think Jeremy Irons kind of, you know, the, he, he voiced one of the iconic um, characters and he created one of the iconic characters along with the, the script writers um, from movie history. Um, so that's big shoes to fill. And whoever is steps into those shoes is always going to have to carry the burden of people's expectations. So, um, you know, I kind of felt he was he, he was okay to be honest in in the trailer. But um, what were your thoughts, Rich? I mean, does does the movie look like something that you would want to go and and take Luca to see? Or um, well, I mean, I mean, let's let's stay in regards to um, what what some of the people were saying about Jesus. I can never pronounce his name. Chuatel Ediofo. Oh, you see, now, now, now we're just showing off, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because I've had practice saying it. <laughs> no, when you stand in front of the mirror and you go, how now, brown cow? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, to be fair, number one, I think, I, I, well, I mean, I definitely agree with you about what you said. Number one, um, he's a, a different actor, like you said. Number two, it's only a trailer. Once again, people are like going crazy and you know, and, and basing performances off like I just watched the trailer just before we recorded, and the trailer is what a minute and 52 seconds, a minute and 49 seconds, and scars in it for what how many seconds you can't base his performance off that. That's number two. Number three, um, this will tie into as to like you know what I thought of it and whether I'll go and see it. I wasn't the biggest fan of the jungle book, the live action version. Um, and it seems like they're going the same route with the Lion King in regards that because it's filmed with that live action type of feel, it's not going to be able to be as Disney as as we'd normally expect if it was animation, if you know what I mean. Mm. So it feels like instead of being like quite grandiose and, and you know theatrical, they've had to scale down a few of the performances. And that's what I, I can only assume is going to happen in this Lion King remake because that's what it felt like in the Jungle Book remake as well. Whereas, like, you know, you had guys, you know, like you got Baloo in the original cartoon and he's that kind of chilled out, you know, jazz, clicky fingers, clicky, clicky fingers type of character who's quite loud. Whereas, like, Bill Murray kind of, sub he kind of toned him down just a little bit. Mm. And it wasn't a bad thing. And I felt that was how it felt throughout the whole of Jungle Book remake. And I can imagine that's what it's going to be like for the Lion King remake as well. In regards to would I see it, I don't mind. In fact, I'm a fan of the animation. But there was nothing in this trailer that made me go, wow, I have to go and see this. Apart from my, how it looks. Mm. Like you said, it just looks like it may be another shot for shot remake. Or even if it isn't a shot for shot remake, there's still nothing that I saw in the trailer that maybe there may be something different that it's going to make me go like, Oh, I want to see this. Like, for example, you've read Pet Cemetery, and then you've seen the eighties stroke nineties movie. And then you've gone and seen this new one, which you just said. So that's three different views of a story that you can now look at and you can, can say like, well, this one did this good. And that one did this, this one did, you know, didn't do this one. Didn't do that one thing too good, which is my grandma's, terribly bad there um and that's what i felt like the lion king gave me that it looks amazing but is there going to be anything new that you know when i go and see it, i'm going to be like oh wow i'm really this really had an impact on my life because luke has seen the lion king animation mm. so this might not make any difference to him right 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 so yeah i don't know i don't know if that sounds a bit harsh 
no, 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 no. Just because I'm looking at all of these Disney remakes and I'm going like, you know, are you bringing it? You're not bringing anything new to the table. Mm, Disney mm. hasn't brought anything new to the table for for a little while. What they've done is they they brought remakes, mm. and and I feel like that's a bit of a cop out. Mm. That's just, you know, it's just an, it's just an easy way to make money. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear all of that, and, and I wouldn't disagree with with any of it necessarily. I mean, I I because I'm still a Disney fan, I'm. I'm you know, I, I guess I'm their perfect audience in it because it just takes a few kind of nostalgic kind of trips down memory lane yeah. for me to suddenly go, yeah, yeah, I want to see this and I want to see that. Yeah. But, but it's true. I mean, you can't really say that there's anything hugely different or or radically, you know, ambitious that they've tried to do with, yeah. with a lot of these movies. They've simply, as you said, just taken their animated movies and, and remade them. Yeah. Um, but then I guess, you know, from Disney's point of view, like the Beauty and the Beast made like nearly a billion dollars. Oh, so yeah. they yeah. looked at yeah. that and was like, well, boy, you know, if if people are going to turn up for our things like that, mm-hmm. we might as well keep, you know, keep, keep, um, keep digging in the crates and, and seeing yeah. what we pull out. So... Um, yeah, but you no, know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything unfair in, in what you said, really. Um, as said, for me, if, if they've got the songs in there and, you know, I can I can sing along to a few bits and I can cry to the Circle of Life song mm-hmm. and, and all of that, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be all right. But, yeah, I'm not expecting anything groundbreaking as such from, from The Lion King based on that trailer. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Um, we also got a trailer that really intrigued me actually um and that was for joker um for those of you who who don't know this is a um a live action adaptation of the batman villa the joker um he's getting an adaptation of his his story into movie form um the movie when it was announced i think both you and I were, were pretty much on the same page in a sense that we were skeptical to say the least mm-hmm. um especially given um, the fact that the movie was not going to be tied in any way to the previous DC movies that had come out at that point. Um, and also because it seemed like they were doing two Joker movies at once, because apparently there was going to be this movie, then there was going to be Jared Leto's Joker movie. Um, Jared Leto's Joker movie has now been cancelled, so that that's off the slate and gone. Um, so I suppose that clears that up a little bit. Um, but I was still kind of skeptical because I felt like I didn't really want to see like a Joker origin story or the Joker's origin story um, in a sense that, you know, I, I the thing that I like about the Joker is is the mystery. Um, I, you know, the killing joke is probably the one comic book I can think of off the top of my head that comes close to kind of giving you a real sense of, of who the Joker is. Um, and that was enough for me. I know you know in in um the recent dc rebirth they've they've deep dived into the joker's origins and apparently there's three different potential origins that he may have and and stuff like that um but yeah i i kind of felt like i don't see how you know the joker works without batman basically they you know they're two sides of the same coin and i, and I just can't see how that story is interesting without him that said, when the trailer came out for this, I was like, okay, that's if that's going to be a, a, a sample of what the whole movie is going to be like, then, you know, I'm not excited, but I am intrigued because I did get like a real, a real distinctive vibe from this. It, it feels like they've not 
tried to do a comic book Joker origin, which is kind of fine. I can accept that if it's going to be like an Elseworlds kind of story, a what if type of story, um, then I guess I can accept that as said, if it, if it's well done. Um, and it does feel well done. I have to say Joaquin Phoenix, you know, really, really surprised me at how well he, he kind of portrayed this take on the Joker, which is very different to all of the other portrayals that have gone before. And, and perhaps that's the way it should be really when it comes to a character like the Joker. Um, but he, you know, he's definitely gone uh, down a different road to, and down a different direction. And, and it looks like the movie is going to be more around, based around the psychology of the character. Um, and it had a real kind of like, um, like a Mean Streets feel to it, like a 1970s Martin Scorsese film uh, about street punks. Mm. You know, it had that kind of feel to the to the trailer. And and for me, if if the movie manages to capture some of that, that spirit, then I'll, as I said, I will be intrigued and I'll give it a chance. Um, but Rich, I mean, yeah, how about you? Because I said, I mean, I know initially you and I basically had the same thoughts and when they announced this thing, but when you, when you actually watched the trailer, did it do anything to, to change your mind? Or? I mean, it, like I said, it, it, it's intrigued me much like yourself. Mm. Um, I think one of the things that I think threw a lot of people off, maybe us included was when we heard that Todd Phillips was directing it. Mm. And, then, mm. and then we were like, yeah, Todd Phillips hangover. And then I went back and then, I sat down and then I was like, you know what? And especially after seeing this trailer, I went back and I sat down again and looked at Todd Phillips' um, filmography. And I was like, Phew. a lot of people would just remember him for Hangover or the Hangover trilogy. But when you look at the films that he's made, some of them are pretty, like, excuse my language, some of them are pretty fucking dark. Like, if mm. you think about it, the first Hangover is a funny film. But as the films go on, part two and part three, there's some really black dark humor in there and like um yeah yeah i was gonna yeah, say like, they get progressively the darker goes. don't they basically as as the series goes on yeah 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 and um and even i mean even down to some of the violence um even when you don't see it like i mean i, I don't know if you remember at the end of like the hangover three when it shows the camera roll the camera footage with them and the monkey and the cocaine and stuff and even though he's done for shits and giggles it's it looks like one of those nights where it's like yeah this yeah, th this isn't good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so as much mm. as it's meant to be a comedy, it you know sometimes it veers off to be like, yeah, it, it's not funny. Um, although it's in a funny film, so th so there's that. Um, so I think he's definitely, like you said, nailed down that nineteen seventies gritty feel, you know, with like a Scorsese flick. And it also reminds me a bit of that. Was that Scorsese um film that he made with uh? It was, I think, Jerry Lewis and Robert De Niro. Oh, it, yeah. De uh, King of Comedy. King of Comedy. Yeah. Did Scott Scorsese do that as well, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's got a very, like, a. It's, it's set in the world of, like, you know, the comedy circuit. And it, but it's just super dark. Mm. So I remember, I remember getting that type of feel of, of, of from the Joker trailer, um, you know, similar to that. But then still, as much as I'm actually really surprised but like you said by the what we've seen Joaquin do I mean to be honest it's not as if Joaquin's a shit actor anyway but I'm still thinking to myself do I want a Joker film I'll go and mm. see this film because it looks good but as comic book fans and as you know as comic book film fans 
when we see some of these films, we want it to be able to be like long standing. So mm. we watch, we see Blade in what nineteen ninety nine, whenever it came out, or no earlier than that, what ninety seven, right, or ninety eight. We you know we want to be able to say, well, Blade is what nearly over ten years old, and we can pop in a DVD and be like, look, this fucking still stands to the test of time. You can watch Superman one; it still stands to the test of that time. And with Joker, are they just making it just to make money? If that's the case, then just make a film about a guy who goes crazy who wants to be a clown, and then just leave it be and don't tarnish like a, a, a well-written character like the Joker. That's what I'm scared of. Mm. Because and and then once again, it it just goes back to the whole thing of the, at one point we were going to have two Joker movies. Like what's happened there, mm. and then now this isn't in any way connected to the DC universe. I'm not saying that it has to be. Then, if that's the case, if it's not going to be connected to the DC universe, then just maybe just make a really, really good film, like I said, about a guy who goes crazy, and it's somehow connected to clowns. So this this is what I'm worried about. As much as I'm intrigued, I want it to be able to stand up to the test of time, you know, and uh, as a film on its own. But if you're gonna have something else attached to it, and that that might drag it down. They don't bother. Then you're just wasting my time. Mm. So, so, so I'm, I'm still a bit, still a bit harsh on it, just for the simple fact that after you know, over the past ten years, we've seen people trying to create all of these universes, and some of them aren't really putting the work in. They're just, they're just cashing in, and I really wouldn't like to see somebody like Todd Phillips, who has made quite a good few films, or someone like Joaquin Phoenix, who is a good actor and has been Oscar nominated before, if he hasn't won. You know, just making a film like this, just because it can make money, <clears throat> Venom. So you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely go and see it when it does come out. Mm-hmm. Well, it can't be as bad as Venom. So remember, Venom has made a billion dollars. Yeah, he wishes it made a billion dollars. It's made about I think seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred. Oh, is it hundred like million? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I'm still baffled as to how that film has made so much money. I'm I'm lost, really mm. lost as to how that film made so much money. But hey, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll definitely keep on top of uh, developments with the Joker movie, and we'll we'll cover any more news that that comes out from that. Um, but yeah, listeners. I mean, we we've as you can tell well i guess you i guess you could say we're cautiously optimistic yeah uh, about that film so yeah we'll we'll see what happens here all right and then we got well we got a biggie um as well that that came out um literally like just a couple of days ago yeah this week uh yeah it was the um the long-awaited uh episode nine trailer from star wars um, we also got the reveal of the movie name, so the the movie will be called Rise of the Skywalker, um, and we got our first teaser trailer for it. And I have to say, the trailer like really got me, man. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> again, it's one of those things where you know I've I've kind of said in the past on the podcast that Star Wars is uh, my Star Wars fandom is is waning slightly, um, uh, possibly. I don't know due to Star Wars fatigue. I don't know, or 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 if it's because you know the the certainly the Last Jedi were left me with mixed feelings. So, um, you know, my my love for it hasn't quite been there. But when I clicked on the trailer and I watched it, I was suddenly kind of taken over. And this is how they fucking get you, man. This is why Disney paid so much money for this franchise. 
Because the moment that, that you get sucked into kind of that atmosphere of Star Wars, you're in again. And they know it. <laughs> like, Disney knows it. Mickey Mouse fucking knows it. He's sitting there in the, the palace going, uh-huh, yeah? <laughs> What's that? You don't like Star Wars? <laughs> Wait till I drop this trailer, bitches. <laughs> then what you got to say, huh? You're going to come to me and give you money. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, it, it, they sucked me in straight away. Straight away, I was like... Okay, I'm in. <laughs> like you've got me now. So I guess I'm going to see Star Wars episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> but um the, the trailer didn't give away too much information, I didn't think. Um, although there was obviously the the big scene at the beginning with Ray. Um clearly it, it has become much stronger with the force than she was in The Last Jedi. Um yeah, Rich, I mean, you're, you're a Star Wars guy, so I'll let you, you know, ro roll out on, on this one and, and give your thoughts. Um, I wouldn't say I've got Star Wars fatigue. I would say that I'm a Star Wars fan by default. And if I had to be brutally honest, I think it's a franchise that doesn't know what it's doing. Um, mm. Especially, the, well, I think since it was, since they, since, you know, it was bought by Disney. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, like, you know, that everything is just nonsense. But um, I think in regards to buying a franchise of Star Wars, they bit off a bit more than they could chew. And in no way is that a disrespect to Disney. But then I look at Star Wars when it was under George Lucas's hands, who, as we all know, fucking created it. And to be honest, he didn't know exactly 100% what to do with something that he created. So you can't really you know be too mad um but then like you said jay you know like you know with star wars that, that they get you see you're, you're you've got a lot more strength than i have when i see lucas film you know the green writing mm. that gets me from there <laughs> <laughs> yeah like 20 whenever i see 20th century fox i'm like okay okay this could be something star wars and then it's not star wars and i'm like ah oh, god damn it trick me again let me leave the cinema. I didn't really want to see this film. I just bought the ticket because I thought it was going to be a Star Wars trailer. <laughs> and that's how I was a lot of money, right? <laughs> no, but I see the, you know, the trumpet fanfare for 20th Century Fox. Then I see Lucasfilm and Green Writing, and I'm like, God damn, let me pull down these trousers. Wait, Rich, just before you continue, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm making that up, but did wasn't there a, a movie? Remember when the prequels came out? And yeah. the the first trailer for um, episode one came out. Yeah, wasn't there a movie that saw like a huge spike in ticket sales because they people um, were going to see the episode one trailer? Yeah, I, I, I swear I'm not making it up. I'm sure no, no, I remember not, like reading that somewhere, but I can't remember what movie it was. But I think it was in America. There was like a massive spike in in ticket sales for this movie, yeah, and people yeah. were literally buying tickets just so they could go and see the episode one trailer. Yeah. The, so um, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, you're not alone in in that. You're not alone at all. Yeah, it's a thing. I mean, um, I mean, slightly deviating, but I remember the same thing happened with. I can't remember what PS2 game it was, but what it was is that the PS2 game gave away a trailer of Metal Gear Solid Two, and that's what basically made that game like a, a, a big seller. Because people mm. were just buying the game for a trailer of Metal Gear Solid 2. But yeah, but I can't remember what the what what film it was um, that had a Phantom Menace trailer attached to it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely remember that. Because I think back then, that's when Mark um, used to work in the cinema. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so and, and I think the I think it was announced that the trailer was going to be attached to a particular film. And I think he would I think he let me come in to come and watch the trailer or something. I'll I'll see if I can contact him and find out what it is. Um <clears throat> in regards to the trailer, like I said, I'm a Star Wars fan by default. So I'm give or take always gonna go and see it. But I may not be the most diehard fan just because I think it's kind of lost its way. I wouldn't say it's fatigue, I just think it's lost its way. Um but this trailer, it got me. Mm. I, I have to admit, it got me. The last few trailers to the last couple of films, I think I've watched the trailer and, I, and I, if I have enjoyed it, it's just been me lying to myself. But this trailer actually got me. I'm a bit skeptical still because the track record hasn't been the best. And the opening scene with Ray, which I think is easily the best part of it, it does remind me of a scene from Return of the Jedi with Luke Skywalker having a fight with a speeder on the planet mm. Endor. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why that rings alarm bells is because once again, I just really hope that this isn't like a a rehash of one of the original trilogy episodes and just an excuse to kill off any of the old characters because, you know, we see Lando in there. And it just mm. feels like every episode that we've had is just an excuse to kill off an original character. So The Force Awakens, you kill off Han Solo. Um, the Last Jedi, you kill off Luke Skywalker. You know, I'm not sure if Princess Leia was ever at one point going to be killed off, but you know, it it, it just the the algorithms there. Um, but I have to admit, yeah, like I, I was really really intrigued by 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 this trailer. Um, and for the first time, I felt excited to see the the squads, the team on sc- on screen. So like Ray, Finn, Poe, BB-8, the other droids um chewy it like it it did stir a little something in me i'm not sure if that's something which i should be super happy with because we're three films into a trilogy now and i really should have been feeling this from the first one but since i'm going to see this film by default i reckon i'll have to take it you know take it as a win but um but as a trailer they've really done well they've and once again like you said earlier on at the beginning of the show jay um they didn't give away anything Hmm. Yeah, I mean, technically, they could give away everything and people would still go and see this Star Wars movie. Hmm. So, you know, but but yet they've still kept their, their cards close to their chest. Hmm. So I'm definitely interested in seeing this, definitely excited. Yeah, man, I mean, they've definitely, like, they've whet the appetite for me again. Um, and they've thrown a few nuggets in there as well because it looks like we're, we're going to get a proper look at the Knights of Ren as well. Yeah. Um, which is something that we didn't get to see in, in The Force Awakens that we thought we were going to see. Um, you know, we have uh, hints about kind of Ray's background and her parentage and uh, things like that, apparently, which which are, uh, are going to be explained in, in this movie. So that well, should not, be not interesting eh? this, this is a prime example. Sorry to, cut, sorry to interrupt, mm. but this is a prime example of what I'm saying about it feels like they, I think they're a bit of more than they chew, than, than they could chew when they, when they purchased the franchise. Because remember, essentially... The whole thing was that we were never ever going to find out about race parentage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And then, but with the uproar from the fans, now they're like, okay, we're going to have to explore it. And yeah, but sorry, carry on. Mm. But um, yeah, and then of course we got that little um, we got Big Billy D in the house as well. He's back. Mm-hmm. Lando Calrissian is back, and it's great to see Billy D back in a, a Star Wars movie finally. Um. And yeah, we got the big reveal, or well, I don't know if it's a reveal or not at, at the end um of that famous laugh 
um, suggesting that uh, Emperor Palpatine, uh, aka Darth Sidious, is going to play some role in this movie. Now, um, I think they're trying to play their cards close because um, Ian McDinn was at Star Wars Celebration. And um, he was interviewed recently, I think, by uh, GameSpot or someone like that. And they were saying to him, you know, uh, does this mean that the Emperor's alive? And he said, no, that as far as he knows, the Emperor is dead. Um, he says that when he spoke to George Lucas about it, he tried to kind of pitch ideas to him about how the Emperor could come back. But Lucas was like, no, you're dead. Um, so I don't know. But, I mean, they obviously have not put that, laughing by mistake so clearly you know he's he's going to be there and he's going to play some type of role what type of role we don't know but um yeah i guess maybe closer to the time rich we can do like a a, a little um speculation podcast and we can um sit down and throw some ideas out and spitball and see you know where we might be going with this thing but yeah. um yeah i mean uh, uh, that was what i kind of took away from that i mean was, was that your takeaway as well that what well, that the emperor's back yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, anybody who who thinks otherwise would be a fool, really. Um, is, but I mean, un until we see a visual image for it, they, they can technically do anything they want. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're just a guy that's he's a guy that sounded like the emperor. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, could, it could be as simple as that. And and the way how this franchise has been moving recently, <laughs> you, you never even know what they might in, might turn around and say. Um, would I be? interested in seeing the emperor come back if anything the only reason i'd be, I'd be interested in seeing him come back is because we haven't had a good villain as of yet like emperor snoke was he was an emperor snoke. was it emperor snoke um was it lord snoke i, I don't even know what his title was Theresa May? <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's go with that <laughs> yeah um i mean like that that villain was was built up to be you know oh this is going to be the big bad and then ended up killing him off in the last jedi it, yeah i mean there, there's nothing there's there's no villain that i feel has brought the fear into this new into this new trilogy i mean when you look back and you go back and you and you watch the original um the original trilogy um darth vader isn't scary like you know like when you're a kid and like oh my god he's scary but but he 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 fills the role and and you know and and he plays the role well, and then when the emperor comes into it, then you're just like, wow, it's a, it's a whole new fucking kettle of fish. And then when you've got the prequels, I mean, the villains may not be as strong, and some of them did kind of falter, as especially when we were promised that they were going to be dangerous characters like General Grievous. But once again, the emperor plays a very very dominant role from episode one to episode three, especially as the episodes go on. Um. So and and he wasn't even like a, a physical character, so to speak, but he mm. was just stupidly menacing. Perfect. And we haven't had that in this one. So once again, this might be another retcon where they're thinking like, well, what do people like? Or what do people know? Or what are people familiar with? So maybe that's the reason why they're bringing back the Emperor, the same way how like, you know, once again, there's been uproar and people say that they want to know who raised parentages and you know, after the killing of Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, was the title of the, the film always going to be The Rise of the Skywalker? Like I said, I don't know. The way how the franchise has been moving these days, it seems like pff, they're just trying to, they're trying to fix things last minute. Um, but I'd love to see the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine come back just because I, I, think, I, think, he's a great, I think he's a great undersold villain. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I'm not sure where they're going to go with with that character and how they're going to bring it in, but I definitely want to see more of Palpatine. Palpatine's always good for a laugh. So, yeah, bring him in. <laughs> bring him in, man. But um, yeah, that that kind of sums up the the thoughts nicely, really, and that moves us on nicely as well to the next topic, which is um, basically the, the the topic of this podcast and the name of this podcast. Um, in a sense that you know, there's been a lot of news recently about um, new streaming so services that will be launching um, very soon. Uh, Apple are starting their own streaming service. Um, and of course, we've got confirmation that Disney Plus um, will be starting and will be starting this year. Um, for We'll start with Disney Plus because there, there's just kind of more information really to go on for, for what it's going to be and, and things like that. Um, so Disney Plus, uh, it was confirmed uh, last week, will be launching in November in the US. Um, so all you American listeners, you're, you're going to get your chance to to dive into Disney Plus early on. Um, for the rest of us, it looks like we're going to have to wait. Um, they're saying a worldwide rollout will, should be completed by 2022. Um, so I'm presuming we'll get it at some point in 2020 or maybe 2021. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they, this service is going to go live from this year. Um, in the US, it will cost $6.99 per month. Um, so around about kind of what you would expect, really, although it is quite aggressively undercutting Netflix, who obviously it wants to compete with in, in this space. Um, and, you know, that is a very competitive price point. And also, when you consider what Disney are planning on doing with the service, um, that does mean that things are going to get very tight for Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see how things kind of develop over the coming months um, as that kind of whole thing starts to take shape. But um, with Disney Plus, along with you know the the thousands and thousands of, of Disney TV shows and movies and animations that are all exclusively going there. Um, you're also getting exclusive content from Star Wars and Marvel. Um, from Star Wars, we have the the TV series The Mandalorian, um, which is about to launch. Uh, with, in fact, I think it will be available on launch day in America, um, which is a pretty big coup for for Disney to pull off. Um, from what I've read about the series, I, I don't know a lot about um, Mandalorians as, as characters. I, I, I know. Boba Fett was one, and, and that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> um, but Rich, I know you know a bit about Mandalorian. So um, first off, are you kind of looking forward to, to seeing the Mandalorian? Um, and secondly, could you just explain a little bit for those who don't know what a, a Mandalorian is? Um, that we're talking about? Joke. Like, mm. like the Mandalorians were never, they were never my favorite. Mm. So, I, so I couldn't even tell you 100% what you know what i do know just because it, i reckon it's probably going to be wrong but i can say that they're a race of warriors um who were just like just feared and revered around the universe that much i can tell you and i think boba was trained by them you know what i'm not even gonna no in fact i'm not even gonna open my mouth because i think i've, I've actually got it completely wrong i do know that they were a race of warriors that were just that were just crazy just you know respected throughout the universe mm, um mm. In regards to me being interested in seeing it, I would. I mean, I mean, I am, 
I would prefer to see a Boba Fett TV show. Um, just because I think the love that Boba Fett has, I don't think he deserves it. Um, and to any listeners out there who may be Star Wars fans, I'll, I'll break it down for you. Darth Vader is, you know, he's the main, give it to, like I said, he's the, the villain of the Star Wars films, depending on how you look at it. Like I said, when you watch it from episode one, it's really Emperor Palpatine. But then Darth Vader, is, as you know, as kids, he was like the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the galaxy far, far away. But he didn't really do anything. And it wasn't until Rogue One, when you, when you see him going to catch those plans from the, from the rebel soldiers, where you're like, this guy's mean and he's scary. In those, what, two, three minutes, I think he earned the reputation of being the, the most evil person in the galaxy. And I look at somebody like Boba Fett, and to me, Boba Fett's just a joke. He doesn't really do anything throughout the original trilogy, apart from nod his head and then get taken out by Han Solo and Chewbacca, like almost in, the, in, almost, in an almost pantomime way of <laughs> being hit by a blind Han Solo with a stick. I, I feel like, I feel like <laughs> every time I watch Return of the Jedi and on the skiff on Tatooine, I feel like going to Boba Fett, he's behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, steady on there, man. You might piss off all the, the Boba Fett fanboys out there. Yeah, you know, no, it's, it's true. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure if any of those guys are truthful, if they're not talking about any form of extended universe um, type of iteration of Boba Fett, they wouldn't be able to argue a very strong case. Mm. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how much faith I have it in my, in my opinion, in regards to the character. Like I said, I don't think the character's shit. I just don't think he's a character that's that deserves the praise that he gets. Because everything that we've been told, we never see it. So I'd rather see some of these exploits for somebody like Boba Fett, as opposed to, say, like, The Mandalorian. So do a Boba Fett TV show and then delve into the history of The Mandalorians, which, you know, maybe trained him and did X, Y, Z. Um, but then... When once again, like I said, I'm a Star Wars fan by default. So anything to do with the actual universe, I'm give or take going to delve into it and be interested in and see where they're going to go with it. So, yeah, they, they've sold me on that. Disney might get my six ninety nine or whatever, how much it costs just because of that show alone. Hmm. Well, they, they did show some footage um, for the, the Mandalorian and it went down very, very well. Um, people were very impressed with... with well, Star Wars fans, all right? Um, yeah, I mean, this is Star Wars fan, so obviously, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, we know a very, we know a, a Star Wars fan who would, um, I, I think, would jizz his pants at just yeah. about anything that has well, Star Wars. Well, he probably it, saw so. it because he was out in, he was at Star Wars Celebration. He did, he did. Um, if you don't know who we're talking about, listeners, we're talking about, of course, the Man Geek. Um, I may actually try and, and reach out to the Man Geek and see if we can get him on to talk about um, Star Wars Celebration and. and to tell us all what he saw and, and, and what he experienced. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. We, we may do that. Um, but yeah, the footage as said went down really well. Um, I guess what, what kind of intrigues me is, is the talent involved in it. Cause there's quite yeah. a lot. There's, um, you know, John Favreau is, is one of the executive producers who I've got a lot of time for. And I think he directed the pilot episode as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think Taika Waititi has directed an episode as well. Yeah. 
Um, it's got Pedro Pascal playing the main character, who's a, a guy that I love. Um, See, that's that's intrigued me because I like yeah. him. he's in the same league as as Joel Kinnaman for me right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love Pedro Pascal. He's he's great. So anything that gives me more of him, I'm, I'm happy with. Um, Gina Carano's in it as well. What? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Carl yeah. Weathers is in it as well. Um, Nick Nolte uh, mm. and bizarrely Werner Herzog. The, the filmmaker <laughs> he's in well, it too I mean I know he's yeah I mean I know he he does have a, a, a creditable acting career but I, I suppose he's more more well known for for his directing really than than his movies um than his acting roles mm. um but yeah yeah he's in it as well so yeah there's a lot of like big names lined up for for this series so yeah, I, I have to say I'm intrigued by the, the Mandalorian. And I said I don't know a, a whole lot about the, the Mandalorian lore and, and history. So, um, you know, that in itself would, would interest me and, and get me wanting to see more and to find out more about them. So, so yeah, you know, Disney are onto a winner with that one. And if that wasn't enough, of course, we know that there are also going to be um, TV shows made by Marvel Studios. Um, now, these TV shows, we've started to get a few details about them and it's becoming clear or well, it's been confirmed that these TV shows are going to be part of the MCU um, film uh, universe um, and they're going to be based around MCU characters. Um, one of the, the well, we've got confirmation, I think, on three of the shows. Um, we have uh, a low-key series, although we don't know details about what that's going to be about. There's been rumours that it may be about Loki's role in human history and, and kind of the, the, the hijinks he's got up to in the past. Mm. Um, there is a, a TV show with uh, Scarlet Witch and The Vision, which is called WandaVision. Um, and apparently some of the details around that are that it's going to be based slightly on... Um, the recent comic book run um, by Tom King called um, The Visions, mm. uh, where Vision creates like his own family and things like that. Um, I've never actually read it, but it's it's very, very highly um, rated. Uh, people who are comic book fans rave about that series. Um, so if it's going to be based on that, then, you know, they, it, they've got a good footing there for that. Um, and the other show is going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um we don't know any details about that at all. Um, all we know is is that there's going to be a TV show about uh, those two characters. Um, there's also talk of some animated um, properties that that the Marvel are going to produce for Disney Plus as well. So there'll be some animated shows that will go out. Um, again, we don't know a lot of details about that, but we do know there's going to be a What If series. Um, for those that don't know rich because i mentioned what if uh, when i was talking about the joker um what what is the the what if series um if you were to kind of sum it up to somebody who had no clue literally the best way to do it, the what if series is a series of stories of standalone stories although they have been sagas uh based in multiverse universes uh but what happens is that they take like a, a standard story and they just put a spin on it so for example each issue will always be what if and then dot 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 so for example what if um i think what's one of my favorite what's one of my favorite stories um what if wolverine no what if spider-man 
became no what if daredevil became well there's the the, the famous one is is spider-man joining the fantastic four isn't it or something like that that's one yeah there, mm. there's one of them. i mean yeah i mean i mean uh, there's loads of them i mean there's you, literally we could like probably think of random and ones and yeah, it's probably yeah. anyway mm -hmm. so yeah and um and basically yeah it's, it's just an excuse to give a writer an excuse to run wild with a famous storyline and see what they would do different and then um, and then obviously not fuck around with anything which is considered canon in the comic in the comic universe yeah that's a that's a good pretty good summation thanks man um so yeah basically i mean that that is going to be one of the the properties that will be on disney plus exclusively as well um the first what if story we're going to get is apparently what if peggy carter was captain america um so it's going to be what if peggy carter was the one who took the soldier serum and not steve rogers mm. um and then took up the mantle of captain america um apparently they're bringing back uh hayley atwell to provide the voice of peggy carter as well okay. um, which is a big plus um and i said uh kevin feige has said that you know for all of these what if stories um they're all going to be based around mcu characters and they will all be voiced by the actors who um who portrayed those roles in in, in film so so you can expect all of um, the the heavy hitters, I presume, um, to to feature in those stories at some point. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting idea. I mean, uh, for the what ifs, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think if I ever really got into what if stories in in comics when I was kind of reading them heavily, and I don't think I ever necessarily did. I've got a um, trade of them if you want to borrow it. Oh, heavy. Yeah, yeah. This um, it, I've had it for well, for, well, from when I was in from since I was in secondary school. To be fair, oh, okay. and it's got—I think it's got probably some of the most famous ones. Ah, one of them was what? If, what if Jean Grey was never killed um, as a phoenix? Oh, right. Yeah, I, I think really, I vaguely really remember that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and literally just as you were talking, the way how that story ends, what I really do hope is that in these what if stories, I mean, I know Disney's uh, is, you know, Disney's channel, Disney's aimed at kids, but I really do hope that is not the whole thing where. They do like a you know a different a multiverse not multiverse that's dc like a what's the, what's the universe called for the term for mcu again you again when it's uh, like, what the 616 earth yeah no but no but you know they, they you know like dc has the multiverse right and mm. then marvel has something else what's it called again do you remember oh i see what you mean no i can't i can't remember but yeah but, but basically I mean... but in each of these what if stories they don't always end on a high note yeah, yeah. There, there have been a good few that it, it just ends badly. And uh, what if Jean Grey wasn't killed as a phoenix? It is one of them. It's an amazing story, but it, it essentially just tells the truth of like, well, this is what happened. And it gives a logical explanation as to reason why it's able to happen. So I really hope that the, the, the series does do that as well. I don't want to see like unicorns and rainbows after every single episode. Um, and to be fair, hopefully if they kind of go the route of what they did with Infinity War, then you know maybe they've shown that they can appeal to you know you know we don't always the good guys don't always have to win but it's about telling a good story so that's what i have fingers crossed about in regards to this what if series yeah yeah well yeah i mean they've got loads of scope to to kind of explore different things with with that side of it so um yeah we should wait and see to hear um some more information on that um for the actual disney plus service itself i know that um in america there is talk that they're 
planning on offering packages as well. Um, so for American listeners, you may not necessarily have to give up your Hulu account or your ESPN account because Disney owns those as well. Um, so there's talk that they may be looking at, at trying to package Disney Plus with some of those other um, those other streaming services. Um, as said, for us in the UK, there's no real um, confirmation on release dates yet. So we're just going to have to sit tight and... and Wait and see um, when the house for them, where the mouse blesses us with this series and and when with this product. But yeah, um, Disney Plus looks like it, it's going to be good. What I'm not too sure about is Apple Plus. Um, now Apple have decided to enter the streaming game as well. Um, they have uh, their own platform, as said, called Apple TV Plus, um, which is due to launch at, at some point this year as well, I believe. Um, with Apple Plus, I mean, it, it seems like they've entered the game late. I'm just going to come out and say it because, <laughs> like, from the background that they're coming from to come into the streaming game is is going to be very, very tricky. But anyway, they, they seem to be pretty confident in it. Um, they don't really have any details on what series they're going to be producing or, or movies or things like that, but we do know... Um, some of the talent that will be working with them is J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh, Steven Spielberg, M. Night Shyamalan. Um, Oprah Winfrey is is doing some stuff with them. Apparently, she's doing a documentary with Prince Harry uh, about mental health, mm. um, which will be coming out uh, on the Apple Plus, exclusively on the Apple Plus TV yeah. service. Um, there's a few kind of um, shows that they've mentioned Um some of which I, I don't really, uh, I don't really know too tough to be honest. But I'll go through the list anyway. Let me just pull up the the list here and I'll um, let you know what it is exactly that's that's going to be on there. Um, yeah, so there was Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. Um, he's bringing that is, back. Yeah, he's bringing that back. Mm. Um, so that will. be be back and will be exclusive for Apple. Um, there's Oprah Winfrey stuff uh, has said that she's working on the mental health documentary and there's um, there's a couple of other documentaries as well that apparently she's going to be working on. Um, there is going to be a TV show called The Morning Show um, with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like a drama series. Um, there's something with uh, Alfred Woodard and Jason Momoa as well, um, a, post, a post-apocalyptic thriller called C. Um, what else is there? Um, yeah, J.J. Abrams is, is doing um, a, a film about the trials and tribulations of a rising star, it says here. Um, Sesame Street is going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, no, it's not even actually Sesame Street. It's something that called Helpsters, which is apparently from the, the same people who do Sesame Street. Um, but it'll be puppetry and educational stuff, all of that kind of thing, basically. Um, but that's really it in terms of content. They haven't really given too much away about what exactly um, the makeup of that content is going to be. Um, also pricing wise, I don't think there's any confirmation yet on prices. Um, 
but they're saying, you know, it's going to be an ad-free subscription service like Netflix, so there'll be no adverts on there. Um, it'll all be exclusive um, Apple content, and it will be available worldwide as well. Um, and it should be coming towards the, the end of the year. Um, but as I said, as things stand at the moment, to be honest, I, you've got some work to do, Apple, because Disney are kicking your ass. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're really kicking your ass out here. So, um, yeah, they're, they're going to have to do some more selling of, of this service. I mean, it, it should be a big pickup on it because Apple is, you know, the number one tech brand in the world. Everybody's got an iPhone. So in terms of selling it, it, it shouldn't be that difficult to, to sell to people unless you know you don't get the right content on there and that's really what's gonna decide this 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 battle really because content is king um and as said as things stand if if you're going off what we know today um you know disney are, are pretty much wiping the floor with them as as they've done with pretty much anybody who tries to go up against them so yeah we should wait and see i mean i'll, I'll take it you won't be dropping no 6.99 on apple's plus tv yeah. no <laughs> well, well, well we can well, leave it at that then <laughs> yeah. android all the way netflix all the way the only reason i've got amazon is because someone because the, the missus has amazon um yeah no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry apple i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> fair dues fair dues yeah we wait and see man but um yeah that's about it listeners um i think we've kind of covered all the the ground we wanted to cover today so um yeah, I'll draw a line under this one. Um, before we go, though, uh, I will say, as usual, a quick thank you to Rob from Emotionally14.com for all his support that he gives us. Uh, make sure you go and visit Emotionally14.com to check out uh, other geek podcasts as well, like Talk Star Wars and Tumbling Saber. I'm sure Rob will be has probably already done a deep dive dissection of the the um star wars episode 9 trailer so if you're interested in hearing more about that then go and check out talk star wars um that's a really really good star wars podcast um also a big shout out as well to the Britpod scene um they are the collective that we are a part of um which is a home for loads of british independent podcasters um if you're interested in that kind of thing make sure you go in and check out britpodscene.com or check out Britpod scene on your social medias um and you'll find them um and make sure you follow them because i said there's plenty of great british podcast content out there um rich did you want to add anything before we go no i think we're good dude i think we're good cool well thanks as always man for no, coming thank, along. You, thank you it's good to be back man yeah no doubt no doubt and as said listeners thank you for your patience with us um you know i know it, it, it can be a bit annoying not getting podcasts on time and stuff like that um we are working on it i promise you um, and we will be back in the saddle and, and back up to speed with everything as, as soon as possible. Um, but in the meantime, we take our leave of you and we say good night. Um, Rich Kid, say good night. Good night. And uh, take care of yourselves, people. Be happy, be positive. Um, you know, and just be kind to one another, man. It's a, it's, it's a big old beautiful world that we've got and we've only got one. So let's look after it. All right. Take care, people. See you around. Peace. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. 
We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective, and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 